Gomez. Walter makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello. Yes. Yeah. No. Seriously, we are doing a show. Like I know, I know it's one of those things, like a mirage. You don't really think it's going to happen, and then it happens, and you're all shocked, and like obviously you're starstruck because. I'm going to introduce you right now. Josh is here. I mean, anyone sees Josh, I'm starstruck as well. Josh, how I mean, are you? I was, the, I was the last one to do a fucking pod. So, uh, yeah. Oh, good, thank you. It's, uh, I mean, if you're going to say, back. just say Chris's name. Just say his name. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to say your name. I'm going to say Chris's name. I'm going to say Ellis's name. I'm going to say okay, everybody's this. name that isn't Femi. He was the only good one that was good enough to uh, to turn up when I asked. And then I had to go and find some other people. Other people. I know, it's mad. But yeah. Um, at midnight, then, you know, some of us have to wake up at five o'clock in the morning. Wow. You know, you could have done it in your lunch break. I mean, yeah, this is true, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, it is good to be back with some normal people. Uh, not that Femi's not normal. We, You said it already, so it's clearly he's not. Yeah, yeah I understand. Happened. Mm. And it's also... Happened. Ladies and gentlemen, Danny is here. Danny, button monkey, how are you, sir? I am surprisingly very good. It's nice to be back talking the football. Um, people are going to know where I've been. I'm not going to ruin the podcast by telling you now. All my friends and some in the chat know where I've been, but I will tell you at the end of the show, and that's not a cunning plan to get you fuckers to listen to longer than the 16 minutes you usually listen to. We're going to go five hours tonight, and you're staying for the entire fucking show. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm good. Cheers. If uh, Chris was here, we probably would go five hours because you just carpeted the shit out of everything. So, unless we're talking um, French football, that's not happening. No, no. and no, you know, we don't talk about French football because at least in England we're a, a league that allows people, you know, to break their Ramadan fast. Unlike in France, where uh, apparently you get fired from the team and told not to come to the training unless you break your fast. <sighs> Farmers mm. League, indeed. Anyway, uh, we are here to talk about the magnificent Arsenal and the wins that we've had recently. We'll go... Uh, well, actually, you know what? Yeah, we'll talk about Leeds first and then you know, we'll talk about that. Did we do a Palace one? I can't remember. No, Deke did the, the Leeds game and we didn't do one for Palace. Oh, okay. Well, we'll talk. We'll do a mixture of both of them. We'll brush over them quickly. So we'll talk about the... Uh, Leeds game first. A uh, 4-1 victory uh, at home. Brilliant. Uh, nice to see uh, Gabriel Jesus on the score sheet again with uh, two goals. It's brilliant. Uh, Josh, the, I can't believe I'm actually going to say this, but Mikel Arteta kind of had a selection headache, which is one of those good things, one of those rare good things where um, you don't know whether he's going to start Martellini, Saka, Gabriel Jesus or Trossard, which is I guess one of those good, bad problems to have. Um, he decided to give Saka a rest after, I think it was about 56 games. 
that he started uh, in a row or something along them lines, which was obviously uh, a good thing. But um, was you actually when you saw the team selection? How what's your feeling and what did you think about uh, Trossard starting on the right hand side? Because you've seen him sort of more than most. Yeah, it was certainly interesting, and as you say. Um... I think the last time Saka missed a game for Arsenal, it's because um, his mother was in labour. Um, <laughs> so long as that run been. Um, but yeah, I think he definitely needed that um, that break as well because we know we were in the international break and, you know, Gareth Southgate's like, uh, doesn't want to rest any players. So just run him into the ground unless they play for City or uh, Liverpool. But I suppose you can't really ruin a Liverpool player much further right now. Maybe a Man United one, but um, yeah, it was certainly frustrating that it seemed almost like we had to, uh, you know, Arsenal were affected by mismanagement at a uh, international level. But yeah, I think with Trossard on the right, it was interesting to see how he linked up. Obviously, he is a, an intelligent footballer, so certainly saw again that that front three is so fluid in terms of their movement it doesn't really matter where they pop up because everybody will interchange with each other and I think that was the the huge thing um for me and really for Leeds as well who found it difficult to to really contend with it uh, especially with Jesus back who looked a lot a lot sharper and I suppose it's what uh it's, it's what Arteta had said that Jesus had looked a lot sharper and he was back to where he, he was. And I think we saw that with the chances he was creating and getting into those pockets of space and just the difference he makes, not only from how far Eddie and Ketia can come to be at the standard of what we've missed, but also having that kind of false, false nine um, situation with Trossard also shows what we were missing by ha- not having that out-and-out striker uh, in place. And you can see it from even, we talk about Martinelli at some point, just how he's come back into back into form ever since he's had that kind of focal point, someone that will play with him. Um, but yeah, I think overall, um, interesting to see Trossard out there, but not so- something that kind of needed to be happened happen and he's clearly trusted a little bit more than Fabio Vieira out there. I mean, yeah, I think he said something really interesting about the fluidity of our front three at the moment because you could interchange any one of them and you wouldn't worry. Like if Gabriel Jesus came out or Saka came out or Martinelli came out, you wouldn't worry about the replacement because of just how kind of good we are and just how good the players are and I guess, you know, we all, everyone will talk about who their favourite front three is, whether it's uh, Martellini, Saka and Gabriel or a mixture of bringing Trossard for Martellini and, or whoever. And I think that's what Arsenal have been missing for a long time. I mean, the previous season, last season, we had, uh, like I said, up front. And, you know, I don't think it's fair to say or unfair to say that, you know, he couldn't, hit a barn door because some of the chances that we created for him, he just weren't putting away. And it's good now to see like a proper striker that we've got now who, you know, he misses his fair chances. But I think what I like about him, Danny, Gabriel, um, Gabriel Jesus, is that when teams are playing a low block, he can kind of get in behind and he can break them down. He can draw people 
onto him and then release people. I mean, Leeds, I won't say they sat back, but there was a period in the game where, you know, they were trying just to defend and Gabriel Jesus is sort of player that can um, break them down. Are you happy that he's back now? Yeah, it's really good that we've got a focal point of what to do and it is causing even more chaos because it's always been, we always said that you've got Saka and Martinelli on each side and they can become forwards, they can become the 10, they can do all of that lot. But when we had Eddie, Eddie is, he, I know sometimes he's played on the left, but he was mainly only a striker, is he? Isn't he? You're not really going to see him drop 10, down to the 10 or maybe even to the 8. And then with uh, Jesus being there, that's now three players up front and they can all play left, right, centre, 10. I mean, if you really want them to, they'd probably even play uh, wing-backs if they wanted. And so that creates even more um, confusion for the opposition teams. Plus, he's got the experience of winning, two, has he won at least two Premier League titles, or is it three? And he's won some FA Cups, and he's won about 100 League Cups in a row. And that kind of experience is um, is, is invaluable. He knows what to do. You're not going to rattle him. And then that's he's the player, the most influential, apart from probably Party. He's the most influential player in that side, maybe even more than Party, because he's been there and he's done it all. And he's not going to be shaking like a shitting dog when it comes to the, the nail-biting moments of the game, same as Zinchenko. They've, they've both been there and done it. And then so the, it's like the kids have held the fort until the grown-ups have got back into the side. And now we're all there. It's, it's just fantastic to see. And then also, you see, when other players have got... Most teams have got their best 11 apart from City. They've got two best 11s. But when other teams have got a best 11 and you get one taken out, like holding, like um, Saliba's been out, then they'll bring in one player. Then they'll oh, that's not working. We're bringing in another one. That's not working. They'll bring in another one. And this is over and over. No, he's brought Holding in and Holding's going to play every game until Saliba's done. And then um, with, with the other players that, that have uh, that are slotted in, they're, uh, they're just covering for each other. And I mean, we all know how good Trossard is and the media are going on about how good he is and about how this wasn't expected. And I love the, the, the comparisons, uh, Carl, between Trossard and, um, and the, the Ukrainian duck, who now is in rumoured reports that he wants to go back home. <laughs> and I said all along, I bet we don't go for the duck. I bet Arteta's got an Edu and that lot and Vin I have got someone else lined up, but... But I think we got the £80 million player who's helping us. It reminds me a little bit of when Brian Marwood came in. Came in, wasn't really expected much, played on the wing, scored goals, set stuff up and was helped us win the title. I mean, that, that's what you're looking for. From a January signing, you're looking for someone to make, I guess, an instant impact. You don't really want them to bed in or, or have time and he's kind of hit the ground running. Uh, which is obviously a brilliant thing. Um, Josh, I just want to touch on something that Danny said, which is about holding coming in. Um, if I mean, I wasn't worried about holding coming in just because if you're worried about holding playing against Crystal Palace and Leeds, then, you know, that's, <laughs> you've got something to worry about because I don't feel that Crystal Palace obviously was never a threat to us, yeah. especially playing at home and also Leeds as well. Um I, you used to seeing Rob Holding obviously come on like the 80th minute, 85th minute, obviously trying to uh, hold out a win that we uh, or victory that we're going to get. Um, are you worried about Holding going forward? I mean, obviously we've got Liverpool up next. Um, they're not firing on all cylinders, but they obviously do have players that can cause problems. You know, Jota, Salah. Um, I won't put Nunes in there because I don't think he's very good. But um, well, he scored against us now. Cheers. That's why I'm not mentioning any of their forward players for the entire podcast. Although what I will mention 
is that we all know Diego Jota is fit now and he's scoring a brace. Firmino's fit, so that's we're going to start the game three 0 down. But just think of it that way, uh, and that's irrespective of holding or Saliba are, are on the field. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of Rob Holding, generally, am I worried about Rob Holding being at the heart of our defence? No, I'm not that bothered. Um, I'm with you, Carl. In terms of showing his quality, I don't want to always hark back to one performance in one game, but I'm going to do it. It's the Chelsea uh, FA Cup final uh, Diego Costa game. Um, I think we all know the performance that Rob put in, and I think we've seen performances like that from him um, after that point as well. So I know he's got that big game ability in him. You know, he can thrive at the under pressure. And we've got that with going to Anfield, knowing that really some, um, I'm not sure many outlets, mainly due to how um, scouse they are, scouse orientated they are. But I think generally we should be going in as favourites to Anfield and you can't say that about many away sides I don't think even Man City uh, occasionally go into that game up at Anfield as favourites but looking at their form looking at the performances even looking at that Chelsea game it was uh, that they played last night it was a dismal performance from them but we know they could turn up Um, get the um, you'll never walk alone pumping out the uh, audio system uh, make it sound like there's an atmosphere there, and who knows what could happen. Um, but for me, Rob Holding isn't the issue. He's it's not. He's just one cog in the defence. And as a whole, if they're all working together, which we can see that they are, I'm not generally worried. Obviously, Saliba is a better player, but again, he's not available. Rob Holding with two legs is better than Saliba with no legs right now or no back, whatever his problem is. Um, so yeah, it, I'm not, I'm not too worried about Rob Holding, and I will stand and fight his corner. I don't think he had a bad game against Leeds either. Um, I saw some people. I would probably put it as mental jam, uh, gymnastics to try and work out, say that the Leeds goal was all Rob Holding's fault. Um, there were a number of players that could have closed down. Um, I can't remember who scored now. Was it Jack Harrison? Um, well, anyway. it came off Senko, didn't it? Because it did. Uh, Christensen. If every, yeah, if you're looking at anyone, like you're probably looking at Sinchenko, mm. should maybe could have closed down uh, a little bit faster, but it is what it is, yeah. I guess. Um, Danny, the penalty that we had for. Um, on Gabriel Jesus, I, I watched a game on a stream, which something I'll talk about in, in later because it's pissing me off lately. But um, us when I um, was watching the TV, and I think I had an American commentary, they were questioning whether it was a penalty or not. Like I, I've watched it back, and I've watched it so many times. It was a clear cut penalty. Like, why are people questioning? Like, they're talking about oh, it's soft and blah blah blah, but. He kicked him studs in the knee. Like, why would you even question whether it's a penalty or not? Surely it is. 
Well, the first tackle that went in, he could have gone down for that and he might have got a penalty for it. Harry Kane would have gone down before the first tackle had even touched him. And then he would have died for the second tackle. And then just as it's Easter, he would have been he would have been rejuvenated and come back and died for the third penalty as well. Of course, it was a penalty. He, he, as he was laying on the floor, he kicked him in the knee. And that Luke Ayling used to be an Arsenal youth product. And then he went off to, to play for Yeovil and then worked his way back up through the leagues. And he's a half-decent player. He's their captain. But he had been dropped by Jesse Marsh this season. And the only way he got back into the team is when the, um, the new bloke took over. And last season when we played them, he got sent off which is, I think, the beginning of the downfall of him and Jesse Marsh. Because uh, as a captain, you shouldn't get sent off. You should be over. So he got sent off, we won the game, and then we played them again. I think he's just, you know, you've got some ex-Arsenal players, so when they come back to us, they haunt us. I, I want him to come back and play every week because he's got long hair like our very own Chris, and he's not very good at football like our very own Chris. And it's, it's great to see. <laughs> oh, I think you're right there. Uh, Josh, Ben White getting on the score sheet again. Um, There was rumours that he wasn't very well at the start of the um, game and whether he would play or not. But he played like a man who was absolutely fit. Um, Good crossing by Martinelli and uh, him on the end of it. I finally got a goal where uh, the ball hit the back of the net. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I think it's... um, Yeah, he, he... He deserves it with his performances. I think was it he's got two goals and three assists. It's now um certainly doing better than Richarlison um this season. <laughs> um uh, so yeah, it's it's a great it's great to see him doing so well. Um you can see how key he is to us. Um I wonder how worried we'd be as a fan base if you'd said to us last season that Tommy Asu is out for the rest of the season. And Ben White is deputising at right back. And you could have said that for, to be fair, at any point across the season. And people would have said, that's mad. What are we doing? You're mental. Um, but I think it's been, he's been great looking up that right side. Um, yeah, you can show he puts everything in, into the game, um, especially as he tends to, uh, tends to be substituted every so often. And you can see he has given it his all. Yeah, he doesn't watch many games of football, but when he plays one, he plays it to the fullest. And yeah, I think the combination he's got going with Saka is great. And obviously a good reason to bring Trossard over to that side is because they do have a little bit of uh, chemistry. Not a lot from Brighton, but still some anyway. I mean, yeah, it's... Um... <sighs> I, I like Ben White and obviously when he first came in last season, everyone was questioning him. 50 mil, can't believe it, like blah, blah, blah. Seems like an absolute bargain and absolute steal now considering you think of someone like Harry Maguire cost 80 million and he's absolute trash. Um, so I like Ben White. Um, I think next season, I mean, John, can I just stick with you for a second? Tommy Asu, he's had a few injuries lately and I guess it's kind of creeping up. Do you, I'm not saying that we sell him next season because I can't see that happening, but are you about worried about his fitness that he can't seem to stay fit at the moment? I guess for his last injury, it was a little bit unfortunate, I would say, with how he got it. You know, just overstretching and he's, he's just done his knee. It's one of those kind of innocuous ones that I wouldn't put too much into it. I don't think he's on the level yet of um, sorry Jason, uh, Aaron Ramsey where he's getting constant uh, you know, uh, 
kind of hamstring injuries that are really just in his makeup. But of course, I've been known to say that if a player just can't get fit for you, then that's it. Just get rid of them. Uh, especially if they've got time on their contracts as well. Uh, the question is of whether or not we're going to go back out to market for another centre-back and another right-back because we've got to remember that Tommy Asu covers both of those uh, positions for us and because he can deputise across that back line, it's going to be a very difficult player to replace. Um, but yeah, for me at the moment, I'd, I'd still be holding on to him right now. I think there's other players that I'd look to move on sooner rather than later and maybe just assess uh, how Tommy Asu recovers. And of course, there's no World Cup. Uh, there's, I don't think there's any tournament he'll be involved in over the summer. So hopefully he can get that rest and recuperation that he needs as well. Agreed, agreed. Uh, Danny, uh, Gabriel Jesus made it 3-1, uh, I think it was, um, with a nice little cutback from Trossard. Uh, isn't it good to see him getting on the score sheet from open play? And you can see the relief on his face, even after the penalty. Like I think him getting a goal <clears throat> from open play was really, really good of him. Yeah, I was listening to, um, I think it might be the Guardian pod, and they said Jesus had missed seven Premier League penalties or seven penalties. It's one of the Premier League or all competitions. I think he'd missed nearly half of the penalties that he's took. Now, I'm glad I heard that after he scored the penalty rather than before he scored the penalty because when he went up and there, uh, I don't know uh, if um, if it was the um, Erdegaard's idea to do it because Saka's our usual penalty taker. Erdegaard had the ball and if people didn't see it, he's standing with the ball ready to take the penalty and then Jesus comes up to him and they have a little chit-chat and then he gives him the ball. He didn't do it like like you sit at some clubs where they go and they argue and take the ball off him and you can see they've got the ump over it. Erdegaard might have said to him, look, you're a goal scorer. This is going to help you get back on track, and and it give a play, even a player of the vast experience, international and club of Jesus, scoring a penalty, scoring, getting a goal, any way that you can get it after being out for six months is 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 going to do him good, and he is going to be a little bit worried about it. And then to score the other one later just shows that maybe it was the right idea what to do that, and then. Uh, and then he uh, he played and he came off after an hour. And then Bakayo Saka come on wearing his slippers, and he was still better than any of those Leeds players. Apart from actually, the only Leeds player that ever impresses me is what's his name, uh, Somerville, Jimmy Somerville. Um, <laughs> I, I think he is fantastic. What a, a wonderful player they've got there. But other than that, I mean, they could see they'd given up. And when when you come to come to the uh, the Emirates, and you can see Arsenal playing the way they are you've got to be thinking, oh, we're in here for a beat. And they're probably glad they got away with 4-1 and they were lucky to get that goal because, um, like like we're saying, some people may blame holding or didn't it come off of Zinchenko? Didn't it glance? Didn't Zinchenko mm. yeah. turn back to it and it went off him? Ramsdale would have caught that, but they've got to give him a little bit of something, ain't you? Give him something <laughs> home with. Yeah, um, it was just an unfortunate goal. I think, you know, I don't like a, a, a assigning blame to anybody, but yeah, you're looking at Zinchenko, could he have... Um, close the leads to play down quicker should he turn his back you know it's all ifs and buts and maybes I guess but I guess that's something that will be worked on in training and then for me uh, Josh the goal of the game uh, from Granite Xhaka where uh, the ball got played out to Saka Saka had that four players around him played it back to Odegaard Odegaard with a brilliant cross right into the box and right onto Granite Xhaka's head for me that was the goal of the game 
Yeah, I think so. There's definitely been that kind of resurgence towards back-to-back goals for Granite Xhaka now. Uh, I don't think many people would have uh, thought that. I suppose that's the thing about... Isn't it three uh, in a row? Might be three in a row. Thinking, I'm going to go and have a look now. Scored against Palace, didn't he? Um, scored against Palace. And then it's oh, no, he scored three that. and four. Um, he scored okay. against Sporting, and then against Palace, then for Switzerland... And then, I suppose if you take out international, it is three in a row. But he's got four yeah. goals in three games for club and country. There's some international strikers at the moment that would, that would love that kind of record. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one that's hot them. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, as you say, Carl, uh, what the manager has been saying to, or the Leeds manager, said to his players uh, when Saka had come on, I mean, they just shot themselves in the foot, didn't they? Half their defence <laughs> just moved over to basically track one guy who could play a simple pass to Odegaard. And I don't want to take anything away from Jacker, but he's basically unmarked. There's one guy in the box, one defender in the box next to him, and a goalkeeper who, in the best world of the world, I don't understand how he's got to that level. Um, because he's not a good goalkeeper, Melier. Um, sorry, Chris. I know he's ex Lorient, but he has been trained by Jerry Payton. Um, <laughs> he's just not a. He's one of those goalkeepers, very good with his feet. Um, oh, actually, I think is he still on our books? Thinking about it, he is basically the French Renaissance. Oh, yes, he's on loan in Turkey, I think. Well, as a turkey, oh, is, he, is he carving it in the local harvesters? We'll, we'll see come Christmas if he's ever going to come back. <laughs> God, no. Um, yeah, for me, I I enjoyed that game. It was one of those games where, <coughs> sorry, um, we was never really under threat. I mean, I think Leeds did try that Bournemouth routine, didn't they? Uh, by trying to score in the first 10 seconds, it didn't come off, which nearly worked, but no, no, do you know what I like about the Arsenal games at the moment? Where everything lately, the, there's not a game that I've gone into that I've not been confident, and I'm probably going to eat my, my words. But even going into the Liverpool game, you're doing yes, it Liverpool played. What's that? They're going to Benteke, yeah. So you've done it twice in one show. Well, over, over, getting, getting overconfident. <laughs> but the thing is, I understand that they, they, they rested a lot of players uh, against Chelsea and because we were talking in the chat and Femi was like, oh God, have you seen the Liverpool team? And I checked it quickly and I was like, yeah, they've rested players for us because they see us as a threat and I take that as a compliment. I take that as a, as a huge compliment or you look at Chelsea and you think to yourself, they don't respect you. The fact that they made five changes and their best player, um, Salah, didn't play. So, or sorry, didn't start. So, Depends what way you look at it, but on form, and then no form goes out the window when you play. Go up to Anfield, and uh, Anfield is a a daunting place. You can go there and you know get sucked up. I remember in the All or Nothing documentary where you know people were laughing at Arteta, like playing in the speakers and trying to get them used to the Anfield atmosphere, whatever that is. But I can see why he's doing it because when you're in that, I don't know if anyone's ever been to Anfield and. You're right, and the atmosphere is not there. It's for all fake. It's all done through the speakers. But when they start chanting, it is a daunting place. You're a player, and you don't want that to get on top of you because you saw, was it last year or the year before? Do you remember we was it was one one, 
And then do you remember there was that touchline bust up between um, Klopp and Arteta, and then the Liverpool fans started chanting and chanting more, and then it got to our players, and then they just ran away with the game. So you know they can sort of dominate in the atmosphere that the their the their fans they can sort of drum up some sort of atmosphere, and it can give the players a boost. It happens at um, the Emirates. You know, when another team scores, you'll see how the Arsenal fans get behind the team and they start chanting, and it gives, you know, the twelfth man as the as the as they say. So, what I want is that not to happen. You know, mm-hmm. Liverpool fans at the moment they're not confident. They know for a fact that, you know, they see us as a threat. They see they we're coming for the title. They whether they want us to win it or not, I I don't know. Um, probably not. Obviously not. But um, for me, it's a place where I used to fear going. Like I used to Arsenal going up to Anfield was like we used to get down four nil, four one, four one, four. Like they, we just concede so many goals. I don't see us conceding four when we go there. And even if we don't win, we're not going to concede four. But Josh, do you think, do, are you fearful of Liverpool? Even if, like we know they're going to change their team completely as they, from they play Chelsea. But do you fear Liverpool? Oh, God. You're asking him to jinx it. Yeah. And I'm really good at jinxing it as well. So I'm hoping saying that. It's like some kind of reverse jinx, but you know what? It would just double down. It's more like to happen. I mean, you've already said we won't concede four. We're not. No, we're not. I'm saying no. We I'm saying it now. Four. No, we're you know why? It's because we'll concede five. That's what it'll be, Carl. <laughs> That's what it'll be. We'll concede five. It'll be another seven nil. That's it. Seven nil. Hell no. Yeah. Really fucking no. That's it. When the next United, you know, we're a team we thought we were back, we're challenging for the, you know, in the title race. We go up to Anfield and we lose seven nil. <laughs> That's it. Um, no, I uh, I think it'll be one of those that we're going super confident and we're going, right, remember when Liverpool smashed us 5-1 or 6-2 or um, all those massive score lines we've been battered by and we'll go up there and do 1-0. And we'll get we'll, we'll have 30 shots on target. None of them will go in other than one that will go off the back of Rob Holding's face. Um, that's, that's all I could see happening in that game. Um, but it's one that we've got to be really really smart and bright about it Liverpool have looked awful most of the season one of the kind of shining beacons I could see in their team is that either Nunes starts putting away some of the chances he's creating or Gakpo if he's playing off the left looks really dangerous Um, and that'll be up against Rob Holding or Ben White so those are the two things that I could see happening. The other thing that might happen is we know what a dirty, dirty bastard Fabinho is. Oh, and cool. he's going to end somebody's season. Someone that we need, really helpful, really useful, um, Jorginho. But he's leaving um, at the end of the season, so he won't get any yeah. long-term ban. No, uh, nothing that will affect us. So, yeah, that's the bit that I'm kind of worried about. Is it, is it probably actually being a spiky affair I'm just making sure we get through the game unscathed, basically. Mm. I agree with you. I think coming away from that game, because the challenges are going to be like hard. Like Robertson, I can't stand him. I think he's a I think he's a dirty player as well. Mm. Um, and as long as he doesn't try and hurt Saka, because 
that's going to be a, a good oh, uh, matchup. Saka versus Robertson, and he's going to. I I just hope he doesn't try and kick the shit out of him, like because he's 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 definitely going to try, um, hundred percent. And someone like Saka who doesn't get the protection from the referees, and you know, we can go on and on about it. It was no point, but you know, we need if he does do that him getting booked early so that it gives him uh, a reason not to try and injure our players. And I think it's going to be a good match. I think the midfield battle, we can win. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't see mid, I don't see anyone in Liverpool's midfield with Henderson, Fabinho, um, their 37-year-old Milner. Uh, there's no one Oxbow, in that chamber pot. God, no, no, there's no one in that nah. Liverpool midfield that I, I think, and I think they're striking. You're right to say that they're strikers. They don't, if they're on their day, and you're right, Josh, if they start putting away their chances, then yeah, because, you know, as much as Salah at the moment is not the best, he's always able to just get these lucky goals. Jota, he hasn't scored in how many games, and he's playing us, so... And he always seemed to get a goal against us as well as um, Firmino. So, but we've got to break the hoodoo somewhere. <laughs> I think at some point we've got we've got to break the hoodoo. And Liverpool going up to Anfield is going to be a monumental challenge. But Danny, just to ask you a question, I don't like bringing up his name, but Gary Neville reckons that if we go to Anfield, then and we win then the title's ours. He didn't necessarily say if we lose, we're going to lose the title. But if we go to Anfield and we win at Anfield, the title's ours. Would you agree with that, just looking at the fixtures that we've got remaining? No, we've got four tough games. We've got Liverpool, Chelsea, Man City and Brighton. People are forgetting. Who? <laughs> but please don't put teeth don't um we'll touch on Chelsea in a second but go ahead sorry uh, yeah thought you'd been mean about Brighton but yeah there's uh got to play those four I mean Chelsea are an absolute mess and we're going to come to that no uh we need Man City to drop more points because they've they've won the title so many times and their manager is a wily old goat and he knows what he's doing and we need to mathematically win it and not wait to the last day of the season or the last mm-hmm. day, game before the last game of the season. But going there, if but going there and beating Liverpool would be massive. Remember two seasons ago, for in January they they drew two at home in the league, and then they lost six in a row at home in the league. Before that, they hadn't lost in like I think seventy or eighty games. Mm-hmm. And since losing that six in a row, they've only lost one home Premier League game in the last thirty six. But then away, they've won one in eight. Premier League away games. So they are a broken team. Both their fullbacks. Someone asked me the other day why Liverpool so bad. I said, well, they relied on Terence Trent Derby and Robertson to get you 10, 15 assists a season. And that is unnatural. Van Dijk is past it. Selling Mane was the wrong decision. They should have broke the bank to make sure he stays. But they'd rather go and spend 150 million quid on a couple of dodgy strikers that are still failing to convince. I don't care if one of them's got 15 goals. They don't look like in a patch on what the uh, the Salah Mane was. And putting Salah out to the right-hand side. I mean, I know before he had a kind of free role and he could play anywhere, but he's not now. They've got a big bloke up front. They've got one on the left and one on the right like we do. And, that, and that's killing Salah's game, and it's wonderful to see. And then they've got old uh, dodgy teeth uh, Firmino. He's another one who's uh, not playing up to his best. They're just a team full of uh, players that have, that have peaked. And anybody, we've said this many times, 
anybody who's a Dortmund fan will tell you that's what Klopp does. He gets some of the fan, a group of fantastic players and he breaks them by the age of 27, 28, 29. He breaks them. They're fucked forever because he wants so much out of them. Doing that Gagan press thing, which I thought for years was the kind of thing that you put oranges in to make orange juice, and apparently it isn't. It's a style of football, which I found extremely uh, worrying. I've been looking everywhere on Amazon for a Gagan press thing. Can I have myself some German squashed orange? Not a thing. Don't do it. But we can go there and we can beat them. But we have to remember who we are and what we've done and listen to the manager. But I might, I wouldn't play Saka. I'd play Trossard there because they will target Saka and we don't want him broken. And maybe even take out Zinchenko and start Tyranny there because Tyranny's rock hard and he'll be coming up against his uh, international teammate, won't he? Because he, Robertson plays as their right back and then he can, he'll sort him out. He'll know what he does from playing in the international side for Scotland. Big Bob's going to be there. There's all going to be elbows and knees and I didn't do that. And Jack is in the middle. He's due for a red card sooner or later. We've got players there that can do stuff and that will take no prisoners. And so the only one I'm worried about is Sakhalin Zinchenko. I mean, yeah, uh, I hear what you're saying. I, I can't see him taking out Zinchenko and Saka. No. That's going to be a no-no. Um, I, I think if we just play our game, I think the, the, we played a masterclass when we played them at home, didn't we? Just because... Um, we put Tommy on the right, didn't, well, we put Tommy on the left back, didn't we? And then because when Sak- and Salah comes in on his uh, right foot, sorry, his left foot, um, we had someone who could block him. And I think Tommy done a, a very good job last season, sorry, at the beginning of the year when we played Liverpool at home. Um, obviously, we're not going to have that. But I still think, Zinch- I think Zinchenko's going to do a bit more defending because coming in sides... And leaving that sort of that left hand side free, you can't have Salah running into all that space. I think that's going to be a dangerous, dangerous thing. Um, so we'll have to we'll have to watch that. But I've just I, I feel even if we do lose the game, and let's see let's say that we do, I think we're going to have um, other chances to get more points. And like you said, Danny, we have got some very hard games. I looked at the City running and our running and. You know, let's be honest, I think City definitely do have the, the easier running. Um, we've got to play West Ham away where we should beat West Ham away, let's be honest, because they're in a dogfight at the moment, relegation zone. We've got Southampton um, away at home as well. So if you're looking at those two, that's six. We should get six points there. Um, Southampton, they're rock bottom. I think they're already down, so well, nearly already down. So... We should get that. Man City away is... That's the game, isn't it, Josh? Man City away. Um, If you're looking at all our fixtures, that's probably the hardest game that we've got. And I'm not saying that that game is going to make or break us at all, but I guess that's the game you're looking at. And I think most Arsenal fans right now would bite your hand off for a draw. Yeah, it's a don't-lose situation, but I think we're also in a good position where I think I'm looking at that Brighton game as the one where I think it doesn't cement it. It's not where we necessarily win the title, but it's where it gets really, really real. Um, Maybe even the game before that, Um, but certainly not losing that City game is is tantamount. Uh, I think we know that it's at least, I'll put it this way, at least we're not having to go up to Anfield with Liverpool gunning for the title 
I'd be yes. far more worried going into that fixture. The atmosphere at the Etihad is not at that level. And I think there's also another thing to bear in mind. Uh, they've got tricky ties coming up against Bayern. It looked slightly easier when Nagelsmann was there. But now that they've brought in the uh, Pep Destroyer in uh, <laughs> Tommy Tickles, then that could be a different proposition. Um, but I think that they're going to end up with a big old fixture pileup and one eye on Champions League as well, because they've got obviously got a very hard side of the draw. You know, get through that quarterfinals and they meet probably Real Madrid in the next rounds. Um, I'm assuming Frank Lampard doesn't come in and beats Real Madrid. That would be an absolute <laughs> travesty. I think if if Frank Lampard gets through two um, two legs against Carlo Ancelotti's Real Madrid, I think just the entirety of European football should fold. Um, all of it. La Liga, just gone. Get rid of it. Uh, <laughs> there's that much at stake. But I think in terms of... Um, yeah, it's it's that kind of bit. We're too far out, really, to be pin, pinpointing games that we should do. I think just go into the next games knowing we can win these, getting the points on the board, and if City lose or draw a game, then it's a benefit for us uh, and see it that way. Um, agreed. I think City's fixture pile-up is going to gonna hurt them. Like, you kind of want them to get through against Bayern Munich, and then that's when they their focus will shift. I think uh, that's what you don't want them to because they still got to play Brighton in the FA Cup. I want to say is that correct? Uh, no, they are playing Sheffield United in the FA that's Cup. The Brighton game they were meant to play on FA Cup weekend, and then that is just in their ether of games to be rearranged. Which if they beat Bayern means that that Brighton game will be the penultimate game of the season midweek before um, Wolves mm. uh, our Wolves game on the Saturday Sunday oh no Sunday yeah, yeah Wolves, so we got Wolves, Wolves on the Sunday yeah I was just trying to think what the last game of the season was yeah Wolves it's that one yeah that's uh yeah, you want. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, you just want them to stay in the competition as much, or every competition as much as possible, mm-hmm. uh, to just draw their attention away. Um, Josh touched on it, Danny, but I want to talk about quickly Chelsea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I had to laugh, and what made me laugh is that um, I was doing some work at home um, when I got home from work, and I didn't check Twitter on, at all. And I quickly scanned just before we started this podcast and I saw uh, David Ornstein's tweet come up saying that Chelsea are in talks with Frank Lampard to take over Chelsea. Like, what a shit show of a club that is. Like, you fire um, Tommy Tickles at the start of the season, which made no sense whatsoever. Uh, You brought in Graham Potter, you spent 21 million to get him and his staff out of Brighton and bring him down to Chelsea or up to Chelsea, I should say, uh, geography. Um, you give, make him, or you give him a squad that's 300, 600 million pounds. Yes. He hasn't got the right results. And uh, you say that you've got a plan, you know what you want to do. Uh, you're basically trying to um, copy the Arsenal model by buying young players you don't give the manager time 
and then you fire him, which costs how much millions of pounds, whatever it is. And then not only that, you don't have a plan because you bring in Frank Lampard, a man who took Everton to 18th, was it? When he got mm-hmm. when he got fired, Everton were 18th. Um, Danny, from our point of view, we're laughing, but what the fuck is going on at Chelsea? It is a bloke who has got, is it an American sports mentality trying to run a European sports mentality club and he doesn't know what he's doing. It's just the American way, isn't it? The big fat yank, if, uh, sorry, Mike, if you're listening, big fat yank comes in, throws money at everything. That's not working. Get, burn it. Get some more in. That's not working. Burn all that. Don't do your due diligence on your players because the duck already wants to go back to Ukraine. Um, they, he was he was involved. He was I think he was still in charge when um, they brought Aubameyang in from Barcelona, which has been <laughs> one of them. We, we thought the Sanchez move to Man United was with one of our exposures hilarious and cost them a fortune. Uh, he is he's at Chelsea and he is not going anywhere. There's rumours linking him back to Barcelona if they had any money or going to MLS. Ian Aubameyang's not going to do that. Frank Lampard is going to be the fourth manager in a row that is just going to go, hoo-hoo, no, I'm not touching you, sunshine. Back with the reserves, or what are you doing, doing your stupid dances, wearing a Chelsea top? But then he, he gets him in and gets rid of a manager. I mean, if if um, uh, Tommy Tickles was, was rubbish, he wouldn't now be the manager of, Bar- of uh, uh, Real- oh, of Bayern Munich. Real he- Bayern. Yeah, whatever. Well, they're probably going to do that in the Super League, change all their names. <laughs> so that it wouldn't be, I mean, to get rid of a decent manager like Nagelsmann, uh, it's interesting listening to Rafi Honigstein saying why they got rid of him. They, they'd man, they get rid of their managers at Bayern just before things start to go wrong. It seems to be working. I mean, they've won 100 German titles in a row. But just looking at Lampard when he was at Chelsea the first time, July 19 to January 21, Played 84, won 44. So he won 52% of his games. He goes to Everton. He's there for one week short of a year. Played 44, won 12. He won 27% of his games. And as a manager, you should get better and better and better with your ratios and and your percentages and stuff like that. He's not. That was almost exactly half the win ratio that he had at Chelsea. Different squad, different team, different players, different seasons. But he's he's just rubbish. And he's going to yeah. go in there and he's going to do absolutely nothing. And I was listening to Radio 5 Live today and they said, do Chelsea still get rid of him? Because they've made it clear it's only to the end of the season. They said, do Chelsea still get rid of him if he wins the Champions League? And then one of the other people went, well, they got rid of Di Matteo after the season after he won the Champions League, didn't they? Chelsea have a habit of getting rid of managers, even though they've just done the double, they've won stuff. I'd love to see Mourinho come back at the club. So don't don't, don't think that's not going to happen. <laughs> I... Um... <laughs> I also don't think Frank Lampard did that well um, in his first stint at Chelsea either. Look at the squad he had. Mm. And to do what he did with that squad and not challenge for the title was absolute travesty. Um, Well, obviously not a travesty for us, but generally not a good manager. Uh, As you say, and he came in for the firefighting at Everton (laughs) and in his first nine games, won two. He was wearing uh, petrol-laden underpants when he went in to do the firefight. <laughs> uh, well, I suppose it was anything better than Rafa Benitez from an Everton fan point of view. But, my God, they were better off sticking with with Rafa. He would have seen them to safety a lot more comfortably and without all the, um, the problems that a bad manager, Frank Lampard, brings. Especially 
if the guy that does all the coaching isn't there because it's not Frank. It's Jody Morris that did all the work for them. It's the only reason why he went back to Chelsea was because they had their transfer ban. Jody Morris was the guy that ran the youth academy and they had a season of trying to integrate that youth team that won the FA Cup um, and all of those Premier League two titles. And that's the problem you've got now is I can't wait to see it because as I said, I think it was it, it wasn't on the podcast. It was pre-podcast, wasn't it? That they've got a team basically at the moment that can't attack and is pretty good defensively. And he's going to turn them into a team that can't attack and can't defend. So I can't wait to uh, see any every team going to Stamford Bridge and handing Frank Lampard a thorough beating. It's a joke. Um, quickly, Josh, stick with you just about uh, Graham Potter. Do you think that the job was just a bit too big for him? No. Uh, the problem with Potter is it, he needs a preseason, a bit like we said with Arteta. He's a preseason to get his ideas over, and he is always a slow starter. At Brighton, it took him over a year to get that team that wasn't used to be playing out from the back and that kind of style of football and really moulding it into a team he wanted. What doesn't help, and I think it's something that people have spoken about, is that he had 33 players in his first-team squad. <laughs> Look at Arteta when we had 28 in our first-team squad. He struggled as well. And it's clear that they were just going to continue buying more and more players. So he would potentially have just continued to struggle. But in terms of his quality as a manager, if you give him that year where you accept the fact that he could go on a run where he doesn't win a home game for a year, like he did at Brighton, or go nine games without a goal did that at Brighton um, as soon as you accept that you then end up with the uh, Graham Potter that a team that's playing in the Champions League turns around and says yeah I'm going to break his release clause and bring the entirety of the staff with him um, but I don't think from what I know is he's not got a big payout um, from Chelsea 11.8 million a season, the third highest paid manager in the Premier League. He I'm trying to find out how many, how, many, how many years was it for? I haven't seen it. Six years, I think. <laughs> um, but I don't think he's getting all six years, certainly. I don't well, think he's even getting how? close to two. Well, they really? him. They have to yeah. pay him, don't they? No. Or was it a clause? It's um, So what I was reading was that Chelsea have generally when they sack a manager, they actually keep them, they pay them up until the point of where they get the new job. So they're then just encouraged. You could just go full Alan Kerbishley and just disappear. But um, if, you, if he didn't I think get a a, for the next five and a half years, would they still have to pay him? Yes. Yeah. But they would pay him on a, yeah, they'd pay him on a salary basis. So he'd just get, yeah, his Chelsea paycheck every month yet yeah, for the next six years uh, or until he finds another job. Where do you think he'd fit in perfectly? Back in Sweden? He'd be too good for Sweden now, I think. Um, do you see him going to Spurs? That's my worry, oh, oh, is that he oh. turns up at Spurs. Um, but again, I don't think they'd have the... They'd want to stay there. For, they'd want him to be there for a year where they don't do very well. 
I don't think that would be acceptable at that club. Um, or at least Levy would get tip cheap because they wouldn't be able to meet the repayments on their um, billion pounds worst stadium in the capital um, payments. But yeah, I, I don't, it's interesting. Right? I'm not sure yet where I think Potter would end up. Leicester's an interesting shout though. Is that job's I, available? Uh, but, Rogers said he, he did an interview and said the club mm. haven't backed me with money. I mean, when you have yeah. Schmeichel going, who's one of the best goalkeepers in the Premier League, mm. and you have to bring in some Welsh wonder who's faced the wrong way most of the time, and he said, <laughs> "I haven't got the money to replace him." Didn't have the money to replace mm. Vardy. Vardy is a spent force, so mm. I don't think he'd go to Leicester because they've obviously got. I mean, they're going to be in in the Championship. That's fine. He doesn't want he doesn't want strikers anyway. Does Potter? <laughs> He's fine without a striker. Uh, although I would say on Brendan Rodgers, um, Danny Ward was there as a second choice goalkeeper, but and also they spent twenty million pounds on Paxton Dacker, and maybe you should have integrated him better because um, from what I heard, he was a world beater before he went there, but. Um, yeah, I can't see Potter going back to Brighton. I think. Um, How about this from Avon? No, Deserby's no. not going to Chelsea. I can't see it. Uh, I would say if Deserby goes anywhere, it's to one of the top three Italian clubs. Other than Napoli, I think the rest of them are all looking to change manager in the summer. Inter, Milan, Juventus are all shit the bed this season. I mean, Napoli and AC, AC as well. Yeah, sixteen points clear. Hmm. So yeah, Deserbi will go back, uh, and there is still a chance as well that Brighton finish in Champions League spots. We've got our fingers crossed. Hmm. Got a, uh, a question for you two, <clears throat> my mate Lee, Spurs fan, typical Spurs fan, said nothing for years. Get a new stadium, Champions League final, Harry Kane. Oh, Spurs <laughs> are great. This goes on and on for years, and we don't usually talk football. It goes, it's going on for years. He's got season tickets. We're the greatest team. We're going to do everything. Oh my god, and you can't say anything negative about Kane to him. You get, I spoke to him last night. He got the right hump. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna tell him whereabouts this is in the video. Hello, Lee. And then uh, we were talking the other day um, when he came out to see me, <clears throat> and he said that the blue went. Oh, uh, I was talking to his, to his his boy Zane, and they they were talking. Said, uh, "Would you play for Arsenal as a footballer?" And Zane went, "Well, what do you mean?" He went, "If a hundred thousand, if you were a footballer, and Arsenal." offered you £100,000 a week to go and play for them, would you play for, for for Arsenal? His boy Zane said he would. And Lee went, well, I would as well. And he said to me, as an Arsenal fan, for how, would you go and play for Spurs for £100,000 a week? I said, no. There's no amount of money as a footballer or a non-footballer. You offer me a million pounds a week, I would not go and play for Spurs at all. Would he, were you too? Remember, he's going to watch this, so back me up. <laughs> for a million pounds a week. Well, no one gets yeah. a million, do they? 300 yeah. grand a week. Well, so remember, Messi. Daniel Levy is the one that's uh, <laughs> going to yeah. give you a contract. Well, Messi does, and so does um, uh, Mbappe. Doesn't he get like a million a week or something stupid? Yeah, like but that? Daniel Levy didn't negotiate that contract, did he? Yeah. <laughs> this is true. Uh, for a million pounds a week, would I play for Spurs? Yes, I just wouldn't be very good. I'd be injured. I'd literally tell them that my ankle, I've rolled my ankle, or uh, something like <laughs> Of course I would. For a million pound a week, I just wouldn't do anything. I'd be one-on-one with Aaron Ramsdale at the Emirates and I would literally put it out for a corner or put it out for a throw-in. <laughs> That's how bad I'd be. Like, I just... What, what, what could you do? Oh, sorry, I miskicked the ball. Like, literally, I would tackle Harry Kane, like, all sorts. I would, I would tell Danny... Um, I'll tell Dyer to go up front because that like, he's just a brilliant goal scorer, isn't he? Like he's just he's just absolutely brilliant. 
Um, yeah, for a million, I'd, I'd implode the club from the inside. About hundred grand, hundred grand a week. Would you do it for that? I guess. I guess it depends what I'm getting paid elsewhere. Oh, um, that's a good. That's a good I, angle. Yeah, uh, but generally, I think I'd say a bit like Carl, but I'd be their goalkeeper. Because to be honest, I've only got to be better than Hugo Lloris. So it's not, not a huge step up, is it? <laughs> <laughs> All I've got to do is make sure I don't go to Kashoni's house every other week for a uh, bottle of wine and uh, I should be fine. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Um, all right, let's get back on to Arsenal. Um, I want to talk a bit about Arteta. You know, he's uh, he's coming and he's done wonders uh, for Arsenal, um, Real Madrid, they, they, they talk about them changing their manager. Apparently, Ancelotti is supposed to be going to Brazil. I want to be the Brazil national manager. Do you worry about other teams coming in for Arteta? Like, do you, although Arteta is a Barcelona boy, you know, the, the, the chance to go and coach Real Madrid would be you in know, that call. I know, you know, Real Madrid was after, um, Arsene Wenger for years and years and years and he obviously didn't go. But are you confident that if someone like Real Madrid came calling for Arteta that he would stay? The only team I'd be worried about pinching Arteta is Real Sociedad, which is the team that he supported as a kid. Um, Nobody else. I think, look at what Pep said about when um, when City used to score against Arsenal. And looking at Arteta's reactions to those goals, he is an Arsenal fan. We can talk about him saying, oh, he was a Barcelona fan as a kid, which I don't think he was. I'm pretty sure he was a Sociedad fan, uh, but went to Barcelona's academy. Again, can't see that heartstring being pulled at that point. He's lived in London for, what, coming up at least 10 years now, right? Um, Mm. Properly settled in the country. I can't see a job that if we move in the right direction and he's continued to be backed and continues to perform that he would move anywhere else because this is almost a bit of a Arsene Wenger kind of style. But I think with, if we did remove Arteta from the team, we could get a ready replacement in more easily. But yeah, I don't, fear i i know they'll come knocking on the door put it that way but yeah I, i'm not not worried about him going anywhere i would be worried if real madrid didn't knock on the door put it that way i mean it's one of those good problems isn't it um mm-hmm. because it seems that your manager's doing something well so yeah i, I don't think he would go like, even if we didn't even if this season became up short and for some reason we didn't win a title, I still don't think that he would then go to Real Madrid. I think that high profile is, I think he's not ready for it yet, if that makes sense. Like when you go to Real Madrid, you are expected to win a title that season. And um, I know at the moment they're kind of running up, is it Real Madrid? Yeah, Real Madrid are kind of running away with the league, aren't they? No, Barcelona. No, it's Barcelona, it's Barcelona, Barcelona, isn't it? Sorry, yeah. 12 points clear? Yeah. Um, I don't think there's a point to going to either. There's no point in Arteta going to Real Madrid because, as you say, the setup is so pressurizing. He could get Arsenal to that level, to be honest. With the trajectory that we're going, that's the goal, isn't it? For Arsenal to be cha- challenging for Champions League titles. And I feel like Arteta would actually walk away 
if he felt like he couldn't get us to that level. Um, but looking at how, say, as Avon says, with would Arteta go back to City? He doesn't want to play against Arsenal. So he's not going to go against, go back to City. He'd basically throw two games a season. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I just can't see it happening. Um, even Spanish national side, can't see him going there either because he never played for them. No. So, yeah, that's, that's one of those good things. Um, Danny, Josh touched on something earlier where he was talking about um, sort of players going out and I'm, I'm assuming that he was talking about Kieran Tierney. Um, this talk of obviously Newcastle coming in for him and him leaving because he's not happy with his game time. Uh, Kieran Tierney is one of those players where, you know, for, for, for a while he was managed uh, very carefully because of his kind of injury record. Um, do you think, you know, I think AG is, I think he's 26, 27? Uh, something on them lines. Do you think it's time for him to leave with Zinchenko obviously being our number one uh, left back and getting maybe a younger replacement who you kind of say to them, you know, you're not going to play every week, but, you know, you'll get some game time. But saying that, if we do get Champions League next year, which we will, I don't think the the games are going to come more thick and fast. And also, you can't play the same team every week. As much as Arteta would love to, it's not going to be feasible for him to play the same team week in, week out. So there are going to be changes. So then do you sell Tierney that dream and say, look, next season, you are definitely going to play much more games just because um, of the competition and it's going to be high, much higher calibre of competition? Uh, before I answer that, I don't worry about Arteta going anywhere. He came to Arsenal and he saw the legacy that Wenger has built and I think he wants to try and emulate that. And I think he might be able to do it. So I'm not worried at all. <clears throat> if you look at the quarterfinals of the Champions League at the moment, Real Madrid, I reckon our team would beat them. Chelsea, we'd beat. Benfica, we'd beat. Inter Milan, we'd beat. Man City, we wouldn't. Bayern, we probably wouldn't. Milan, we'd, AC Milan, we'd beat. And Napoli might give us a good game. That's this season's Champions League quarterfinals. We'd beat five out of those eight teams. And so next season... The point of that is we're going to go quite far into the Champions League. Plus, we're going to have the League Cup. Um, don't know how serious you take that, probably plus playing the kids and for a while. And then we've got the FA Cup and we've got the Charity Shield. That's another trophy that we're going to win next season. And so you've got all these games. We could have another... We're under Wenger. We regularly played 60-game seasons. Zinchenko doesn't isn't going to play 60 games next season. We are going to need a world-class backup because we had so many years of having a decent first 11, then once you got outside of that, we really struggled. Even in the glory days of Wenger, we, we rarely had top quality backup for every position. At the moment, we've apart from the goalkeeper, because I've not been overly impressed by it, Turner, even after a good World Cup, in almost every position, we have got a player who can play in that position naturally or can be playing that position as a backup plan. And we need Tomiyasu, unless we're replacing him with another versatile player who can play in two or three positions. And we need um, we need Tierney. And Tierney's also a leader. And he's a fearless leader. 
He's been captain of Scotland. He was captain of Celtic. Don't know how many times, but he was. And that is the kind of players we want winners at the club. At Celtic, he won two or three league titles in his time there and some couple of doubles. And we need winners at the club. And the fans love him. The only thing is, I don't think Arteta loves him. I don't think he's his man. We were looking. Um, there's been some other players we've been linked with, like that young Spanish right back, and there could be a few others. But Tommy can cover left back, centre back, right back, maybe even defensive midfield. So maybe he sees Tommy Asher as the future. So he means one less wage you have to pay, rather than having three players that can play left back. I mean, even Jacker can play there occasionally. We don't want to talk about that. I don't want to see him go anywhere. But he, there will be teams like Loki's just put in the chat. Um, Newcastle have been linked to him. He could go and play for any Premier League side other than Man City. Cheers. Uh, other than Man City and possibly... Uh, I mean, Luke Shaw's just got injured tonight, so maybe they need him. Yeah, other than Man City, he's a starter for nearly every single Premier League side out there. He can go wherever he wants. And we'll get a, a decent chunk of money for that as well. So I don't want him to go. We all love him and these Tesco carrier bags, but I don't think he's next season he's going to be here. Um, apart from maybe Kieran Tierney going, do you see any other people that could potentially leave the Arsenal squad next season? Yes. Or do you want me to go down any further on that? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yes. Uh, in terms of players moving on, I think Jorginho will move on. And then I don't think I see anybody else moving on. I can see loans occurring. I think it would be prudent and smart to send Balogun back out on loan. Uh, I know there's people in the chat box that completely disagree with that, but for me, and um, he needs another loan. Consolidate that. I think Saliba is the player he is for us right now because we sent him on potentially one too many loans. Um, but he needed that, getting that experience, playing week in, week out, getting minutes under his belt and playing at the highest level as well. Uh Realistically, is Balogun going to be our starting striker in the Champions League? No. And he would be the starting striker for many Champions League sides, especially in the group stages. So I think that's another option. And I think we just bring in two players, basically. We're bringing in probably, well, uh, if we're going with the perfect mix, it's uh, Mac and Rice. Uh, I think those are probably the two Two players we look to bring in. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a player of that, basically, an eight and a six. Uh, actually, talking about that, I'm completely forgetting that Sambi Laconga is in our books. I think he's sold. <laughs> it's easily done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think he is sold. Oh, and uh, Tavares. Yeah, basically, those, those guys are going. But I think from the current first team that we've got in place, um, yeah, I, I can see those, the players that are currently at the club, it's stays the same. Jorginho, Tierney maybe, um, goes out and we're bringing in uh, a s two central midfielders and then potentially a replacement left back and a young, promising right back. No goalkeeper? No. I think Matt Turner, fine. Unless he wants to go and play first-team football, uh, then we'll have to go and find someone. Oh, the World Cup is in... 2024? 20 2026. 
That's 26. No, 26. It was only last year, wasn't it? Yeah. I thought it was this year. Oh, yeah, last year. Yeah. How about this? Loki says he'd buy uh, Ivan Tony. I'd put a five on that. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, I honestly do think we do need a tall striker. Um, just something to change it up a little bit. Uh, We've got Xhaka. Both... He's scoring headers for us. It's fine. <laughs> Done. But I guess that posed the question of what do you do with uh, um, a player like Balogun? Do you bring him back, integrate him? Do you put him out alone again? I think we need to do something with him, whether that's... Uh, I Having three strikers in the squad, I don't see that working just because you haven't got enough space on the bench. Has he gone wonky? He has gone wonky. Uh oh. Oh. We've got no space <clears throat> on the bench. I think that's what he was trying to say. Um, well. I think certainly, yeah, to maybe continue his point, the five sub rule. That obviously helps with being able to rotate players out. Yeah. But um But I think the question's gonna be, what do we do with Eddie? Has Eddie given you enough this season for you to go, he is he should be our backup striker? I think so. When he had his opportunity, I think he did well. And of course, we've also got Trossard as well, mm. who has come in and um, played sufficiently well, linking up with uh, linking up with Martinelli. I think that's the main issue that I've got at the moment is that Eddie needs to improve that part of his game where he links up better with um, with the wide players, not just Saka. And again, we that's where I think I'd give him time because he looks like a player that just needs more time on the training field to really just improve his all-round game. So I could see that happening. And yeah, that's why I don't think we need to have three out-and-out strikers in place. And I don't see the point of necessarily moving Eddie on if he doesn't want to move um, if he's happy with that backup role right now, um, that I think we just go with the fact of Eddie probably moves on the summer that we integrate Balogun in as second choice striker. Yeah, I suppose so. But um, it's like some people, Ed, uh, Mr. Waffles is saying Eddie isn't good enough. Simple as Boy 10 says Eddie can't be good enough to stay while Balogun is outscoring Messi and Bappi and Neymar with a football manager addict for a manager. That is, uh, and uh, Avon says Balogun needs minutes to develop at this stage of his career. I can't see him getting any at Arsenal next season uh, because our alternative competition will be the alternate will be the Champions League. Well, we'll all be in the Champions League next season. <laughs> I reckon you could go. You wouldn't have to play. Um, Jesus doesn't have to play in the Premier League next season. Uh, doesn't have to play in the Champions League next season until we get to the. The, um, the last 16 or last 32 at a push. I think we, we are good enough with the players that we've got for them for him not to have to do that. Plus, you don't want to end up breaking uh, Jesus again. Well, welcome back, Carl. Thank you. Hi, Carl. Yeah, I think Hi. it's also one, though, that Jesus will want to play in the Champions League. It's the whole point of coming to Arsenal and uh, making sure that he's that starting striker in what they say is the best competition. But can we accommodate three strikers and keep them happy? Well, Carl, I think you're on a point about the bench. And that's where we lost you. Yeah, I was saying that I don't. I just don't think that we have the space in the squad to have like two strikers on the bench. I think if you have, you think about it. There's nine substitutions, so one goalkeeper. You're talking maybe three defenders, four mid, 
two or three midfielders, maybe three midfielders um, and a striker, I don't think you have the space to put two strikers and then think about it. There's going to be one that's hardly going to get a game because like you two were just discussing, Gabriel Jesus is going to be the out-and-out, quote, starting striker. Um, there's going to be some games where you're going to want to change it, maybe being a, a tall striker and whatever. But then where do Balogun and Eddie fit in? Can, are Balogun and Eddie good enough to be both on the bench as our strikers? I, I don't know. I don't see what happens. But I guess there is a... There's got to be a plan for him, whether he goes out on loan again. I would love to see him on loan at an English club because with the greatest respects to France, like West Ham would be good for him. Y- you wanted to see That'll what he can do in England. Oh yeah. Very true. I, I don't think, uh, I'm not too worried about which league or sorry, getting a premier league, um, getting a premier league club for Balogun to start for. In fact, I would want him to probably go into Europe where, just put it this way, is a champions league club looking for a star striker, uh, in England, that would be Balogun and take him on loan. Chances are they're a rival for us for the title again next season. So it's mm. not going to happen. Much prefer him to get Champions League football, exactly what we did to Saliba. We sent him to Marseille. Uh, that was a team playing in the Champions League, and he'd get 40 games easily at that point uh, in a season. I think, again, same goes for Balogun. He's not played in any European competition at the moment, he's just played in La Liga get into a team that is maybe Europa League that will go far in it uh, or Champions League and they'll get the group stages and that opens it up also helps him kind of grow learn other styles of football could be going to Spain that could be an option you know someone like a Valencia or uh, I think Valencia are up there at the moment for Champions League it's either them or Villarreal it's one of the two oh it's uh, Valencia and Sevilla are in the relegation zone yeah, I knew it was one of the two. Yeah. Is having an like awful season and one that's having all, an excellent season. They're all orange and uh, red, aren't they? Yeah, um, they're not doing. They're not doing that well. Uh, but yeah, just what I mean in terms of there's a team in Spain, there's a team here, and there's a team there. And I think what it has proved is the entire. If you look at the young players we brought in, they've all got a hell of a number of minutes under their belt when Arteta's come in, and. That's what I see Mertesacker doing. It's kind of the German way, isn't it? In terms of making sure a player develops properly, getting first-team football and kind of keeping them grounded. Again, maybe Dortmund. Dortmund might need another striker. Uh, There's certainly teams out there where I think Balogun would get plenty of minutes, but he wouldn't get those minutes at Arsenal. I can guarantee it. And I wouldn't look at any other player across other clubs of what they're doing. Um, but I would also say that I would loan out Balogun and I would not be signing another striker, however much we might flatter our eyelids at, um, at a player like Ivan Tony. I just, yeah, I, I don't see the point in that um, unless it's to secure talent that would then be happy as a third choice striker when Balogun comes back in. Um, Do you care who Balogun plays for international wise? Does it make any difference? No, I don't think so. Um, we know he's probably not going to get a chance in the England setup. So oh, Southgate, he's too good. Yeah. Um, so that's where you kind of hope that Graham Potter gets in there. Um, but then he hates strikers. So uh, <laughs> it's it's probably 
the well, who's he eligible for? Is it the US and Nigeria as well? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be an absolute lead. He'd be the new Freddie Adu for, for the USA. <laughs> he would be there crying out for a proper striker. Um, and with the World Cup coming up, he could mm-hmm. make his, he could make more money from being an international player than he could do from his club football. If he gets the sponsorship deals, he could be the face of that team. Where he, could be, he, he could score. In the games America play internationally, they play, they surprisingly play about 20, 25 games a season sometimes. He could get 100 goals before the age of 25 or something like that. He could just be banging in. All, but there again, would we miss him, Cole, for the, when he'd be away playing in the um, the Gold Cup and things like that? I mean, yeah, I mean, the only thing to say is America don't need to qualify for the World Cup uh, for the Which next one. they playing 25 games a season. Yeah, friendly. they'd just be playing loads of friendlies. Um, so, there's that to look at. Um, I guess it's kind of, I reckon he does play for um, America, the USA, mm. I do, because he's not you know, under Southgate. Southgate has his favourites. He's not going to get a look in. Um, Harry Kane could score one goal in the season and Harry Kane's always going to start. He's always going to um, um, be England's number one striker. I just think it's ridiculous. Um, there's so many that you think of... Um, how many good strikers there are at the moment in England? Ollie Watkins, um, I believe um, Callum Wilson just scored again today. Uh, Ivan Tony. So I guess it was kind of, I don't know if you remember, Danny and probably Josh, when England had a plethora of strikers where they were just brilliant. You had Adam Shearer, you had uh, Ian Wright, Wright you had um, Michael Owen, Bobby Fowler. There was just, Andy Cole. Yeah, there were so many. Um, Les Ferdinand, there was just so many mm-hmm. good strikers, and Shearer was always picked. Like, yep. It was just Did one of those. Like 14 games in a row about scoring or something. Yep. Yeah, that's before. That was, was that before 90, Euro 96? It was before say? Euro 96. Yeah. And, you know, you had someone like Ian Wright, who was just banging in goals left, right, and centre. You had Robbie Fowler, who was, who was um, one of the naturally best finishes ever um Stan who was his strike, strike partner at um Palace as well Mark Bright yeah I think Mark yeah. Bright as well so, there were so many options for top quality top quality strikers there you go someone said it's 12 um, building up to Euro 96 he went 12 games in a row about scoring but then even that in the Euro, he went scored five goals in the tournament and got the golden boot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a joke. But yes, um, how long are we going for? Hour and eighteen minutes. So, just want to press on quickly. We're going to do listeners' questions um, in a second when Danny's uh, gathered them all. So, Josh, just a quick one for you. Uh, it's every. It's just a yes or no. Do Arsenal go on to win the title? Yes. Daniel. Do yes. you want to go on to win a title? Okay, it's a it's a round. Uh, I think yes, and just I think it would it would be so good uh, if Arsenal did win the title. Just because you know we call other leagues the Farmers League, but we're exactly the same. We don't want the Man City dominance, and the fact that we would do it without spending billions of pounds like Man City, um, it's just a fairy tale, isn't it? No one, absolutely not one person, predicted us to win the title. Maybe some crazy Arsenal fan. I said about we could win it, but um, no one realistically said it. And it just seems weird that 
no one wants us to win it. Like, even in the media, that like no one actually saying, oh, I really want Arsenal to win it. I really want, you know, it'd just be good for football if Arsenal won it. Everyone seems to really still want Man City to win it after the dominance they've had. Like, even the season that Leicester won it, obviously it came out of the blue and I think everyone was shit that season. Um, it was still refreshing to see someone like Leicester win the league. Um, and you'd think that other teams would be happy to Arsenal to be up there to... The fact that we're playing really good football, the fact that we've had some god-awful refereeing decisions, but I guess every team has. And the fact that, you know, we've had some really dramatic games. You know, you think about the Aston Villa game, you think about the Bournemouth game at home, um, where we've had to dig real deep the games that we've gone behind in. There's so many games that we've gone behind in that a few seasons ago, even last season, would have lost things like um, we went behind in uh, West Ham, um, we went 2-0 down at Bournemouth. I don't think there's a um, chance that we would have come back last season and won that, or even going 1-0 um, down at West Ham. And I think you look at games like that and the fact that we can battle and come through. So I think the league, maybe I'm talking bias as an Arsenal fan, but we kind of need or to win it. We have to. And I think it's a kick-on because Arteta says that we are in stage three of the five-year stage, whatever that is, or the five-year plan. Um, and just how better we can be, just because if we do win it, think of how many players or new players that we can get. I don't think we'll change the whole squad, but I think people will start taking us seriously. And I'm sick of players and also some managers and some pundits saying that, you know, everyone's bad. That's why Arsenal winning it. No, like, like you said, Danny, Liverpool has just been run into the ground because that's what Pep does. Liverpool, he runs players into the ground. Chelsea have a squad of literally strangers and they don't know how to play together. You can't bring in that many players and for them to gel. Just like, I know it's a different kettle of fish, but um, like Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest signed, what is it, 30 players, I want to say? <laughs> maybe maybe a little bit less but you can't bring in that many players huh i think it was about 30 yeah you can't bring in that many players and then <laughs> expect them to just to gel and the fact that we are like 20 is it 22 points ahead of title challengers man united i feel like 30 points ahead of no about 30 points ahead of chelsea 29 uh, points ahead of chelsea oh 29 points ahead of chelsea um, the turnaround has just been absolutely brilliant. So credit goes to Arteta and everyone at the squad. And I think we just owe it to the league just to shut some people up before. I just want to, I want to, that title to be lifted at the Emirates. And I want Gary Neville to be commentating on that game as well, because mm -hmm. it will just really rub salt in the wound. So that's what I want. Um, that's my little monologue. Uh, Danny, you've got some listeners questions for us. Yes, uh, Phil Macker said, I haven't proofread these, hopefully they're good. Uh, Jason's back, Trossy back up, and the possibility of Balogun coming back. Is Eddie's time up, Josh? Uh, not this, not next season, anyway, uh, potentially. Uh, maybe the season after, when I think Balogun would actually come back. Hmm, okay. Uh, Carl from Avon, should Chelsea make Fat Frank a permanent manager? Yes, give him a 19-year contract. Uh, <laughs> definitely make him permanent. 
Uh, Josh from Matt D'Souza, will any more Premier League managers be sacked this season? Uh, yes, Frank Lampard. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I'm glad I balanced out the audio on this because uh, that, you might have been, I was a bit close to the mic thing so I was leaning forward and breathing in. Excellent answer. Carl, what do you reckon? Uh, I'd love him to get fired, but no, I think we're in the business end at the moment. Um, I think there was talk of the Nottingham Forest manager get getting fired, but I think he's just been given a vote of confidence, which is a bit dreaded. So uh, we'll see. Uh, formerly known as just said David Moyes. I think if they were going to sack David Moyes, they would have done it by now. Uh, I think they're losing to Newcastle as we currently speak. Uh, so it drags them further into the relegation battle. But um, I don't, yeah, I just don't think they'll sack him because right now, if you think about it, it's going to take at least at least two weeks to get a manager in, and then there's only what six games left of the season. Mm. What can the manager really realistically do with six games in the season? So I they've still see. got yeah, they've still got a game in hand as well over everybody that's down there, um, and a win in that game. I know it's two last takes them up to twelfth, so it's not necessarily too bad. Yeah. Uh, Go on, Carl. No, I was just saying, I don't see um, at the moment anyone getting fired. Okay. Formerly knows, uh, Carl, which players who are currently on loan would you sail, loan, and keep again? Actually, you can both do this. I do I do one, I'll try and uh, one each. Well, Harry Clark, who won't bother with, Omar Rekic, who won't, Tyrese John Jules is knackered, Mika Beer is too young, Moller too young, Ahiri too young, Alex Kirk don't care, Ashton Trusty Josh at Birmingham. Oh, he's he stopped scoring goals, hasn't he? Um, he I reckon he'll. Yeah, but he was a top score, goal scorer for a bit, I think. Um, I might be yeah, extending the story a little bit, taking the artistic <laughs> license uh, with that. But I definitely remember he scored three goals in two games. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that is one that we probably move on. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, for Mike Hertz, if he's watching, Marcelo Flores, no one cares. Ryan Alabusi, no one cares. Arthur Nkonkwo, Carl. He, he went out on loan to Crew, and then he came back and now he's been loaned out to Strumgratz in the Austrian League and they are currently this season second. Um, I think he probably will need another loan. Again, he, he definitely will do because I don't think they're ready to uh, give up on Matt Turner being their number two. So... Yeah, and like I said, games we're going to be playing much more games next season. So I think Matt Turner will get much more game time as well. So we'll see. We'll definitely we'll see what Matt Turner's made of uh, next season. So yeah, the goalkeeper on Kwonku definitely needs a loan. Josh Tavares sold. Ogbongo, uh, no one cares. Balogun, we've talked about. Charlie Patino, Carl integrated into the first team. I think it's about Ooh. time. He gets into the first team. Uh, he's got to be there or thereabouts. If you think about, oh. um, Granit Xhaka's thirty-one. Uh, Thomas Partey's thirty. Uh, Jorginho, he was literally a stopgap for this season. I'm sure he probably knows that as well. Um, I'm sure it's about time Charlie Patino gets in and around the first team. Keep him at the keep him at Arsenal. 
give him league cut games, give him um, if we do get an early round of the Champions League, give him those games, give him um, the last 10 minutes of, you know, uh, a, a, one of the teams in the Premier League. He can definitely do it. So I'm hoping that he comes in and around the squad next season. Uh, Josh Pablo Mari. Um, Pablo Mari. Uh, I think he's already sold, isn't he? Because Monza are going to stay up. Ah, oh, one of them deals. Okay, yeah. okay. I'll give you uh, uh, runner the runner Runnerson. <laughs> I think um, Runnerson is probably sold. I quickly just on Patino. I think he goes out on another loan. Oh, yeah. Maybe stay with us and then go out on loan for the second part of the season. They tend to do a lot of that. Um, yep. Brooke Norton Cuffey, extremely good right back currently at Rotherham, but he'll need another loan. Tom Smith, made up name. Uh, Salah Edin, made up name at Hull. Apparently he's brilliant. I think he needs another loan. Pepe Carl. Oh, he's got to go. I, I, think, Arsenal, I think we just got to accept that we're going to take a huge loss on him. Um, we we just accept, accept it, and when it does happen, no one moan about oh it was a bad deal, blah blah blah. We're not going to get the money back for him. We'll be lucky, lucky if we get twenty million for him back. Do you think he fancies playing in Saudi Arabia? We might <laughs> yeah. get his feedback then. <laughs> might Hopefully, do. but yeah, I can't see him. Um, Josh, go on, Carl. So go on. No, 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 go on. Uh, when you breathe, I jump in. Uh, much like Moby Dick. Uh, Josh, Miguel Aziz, currently on loan at Ibiza. The, the oh, Seattle. yeah, he was at Wigan, wasn't he? Um, yeah, decent and then we sent him to alone again. Carl, Ashley Maitland-Niles, convert- convertible. <laughs> <laughs> convertible. Uh, yeah, he's sold. He's gone, isn't he? Like, he's not going to get any game time under Arteta. So, yeah, he's sold. Akinola, no one knows. Is it uh, Ihiri, Smith again, second loan. Marquinhos, Josh, ding, done quite well at Cov- uh, uh, Norwich. He scored one goal in six games, then got sent off, then had the red card rescinded. I did. Um, I think I saw some a Norwich fan, not any of the ones that look at um, are on us, um, or on ABW. I think he was doing pretty poorly. They said he was an awful footballer. Um, so I guess he probably has another loan. Ah, you said that the Strumgatz manager is an ex-Arsenal mm. player. He's not. I thought he was an ex-Arsenal coach. I said ex-Arsenal um, coach. One of them that... Um, oh. Yeah, there's one of the... Yeah, sure it's Strumgatz. Because it's where the um, striker kid is as well, isn't it? The Swedish striker we've got. No, he's on... Well, actually, unless he's moved. Um, I think know, maybe, maybe he was there last season. But yeah, I'm sure the Strumgats. One of the... Uh, at least one of our youth players is at a team that is currently managed by an ex-Arsenal Academy coach. And that's the reason why he went out there. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, right, where are we down to? Uh, oh, Dio said Moller. It might be Moller. It might be the beer off one. Uh, where are we down to Alba Sambi Lekonga Josh sold excellent and finally Carl uh, oh the other Unconquo brother's gone on loan to Hitchin also a goalkeeper mm. uh, Cedric Suarez Carl sold Definitely he's not on loan released, he's not on loan he was released yeah what he? he's gone yeah oh no oh. actually he might be on loan 
Shane Duffy was made permanent. There until the end of the season. Mm. Shane Duffy was the one that made permanent, but they had too many loans, didn't they? I don't know. Yeah, Fulham had too many loans. They couldn't register Cedric, which is why it took so long. So they had to. They came to a deal with Brighton and sold uh, Shane Duffy, who was the other one of their loan players. Well, there you go, people. That's that's all you need to know. I'm just uh, currently looking at the. No, it's not um, Beerith or Muller. Both the managers at their clubs are not ex-Arsenal. Okay, that's got me, got, me, that's got me curious now. There is, final, yeah. final question from Firmly Norsa. Which players who are... No, that's already done that one. There was another question yeah. after that that I've deleted. Sorry about that. So uh, whatever it was, um, Josh says he doesn't know. Carl says yes, and I say no. That's it. We're all done with the questions. Oh, that's all good. Um, just want to give a, a a shout out to the Arsenal under 18s yesterday, who, uh, managed by Jack Wilshire, got into the final of the Youth FA Cup with an absolute last gasp goal. Um, I'm watching the highlights, and yeah, it was. It's a good thing to see uh, the fact that the last time Arsenal um, won the FA Youth Cup, Jack Wilshire was actually a player and now he's uh, managing it. So uh, hopefully that they continue to do good things and manage by Jack and, you know, and hopefully go on to win it. Uh, Arsenal women are, are doing well as well. They're into the semi-final of the uh, European, well, the, the women's version of Champions League. Um, hopefully they go on to do some really, really good things as well because they're playing very, very well. Um, so yeah, everyone at the moment, all ask, all things Arsenal are doing very, very well. So long may it continue and hopefully that we, at the end of the season, all our teams are celebrating some sort of trophy. Um, so hopefully we will be very, very happy in all quarters of Arsenal. Um, Daniel, thank you for coming on. Do you want to take the mic? It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you two again and reminiscing about the old days when we used to do pods regularly. Thanks. It's all right. It's a pleasure. (laughs) Josh, obviously, uh, this is like your, what, second pod in a row. You've done more pods this in in the last three weeks than Ellis has done in the last two years. Correct. It's also twice as many as you've done. Yeah, you're probably right. No, but no it's, at least, true. it's true. But at least I didn't say at the start of the season that I was going to do every single podcast and then just didn't turn up. That's because France got knocked out. That's why. They did get knocked out. <laughs> it could be that reason. Um, and, you know, French football is not what it used to be. It's uh, going downhill. Didn't um, PSG lose to uh, Lyon the other day? They did. There's a title race going on in France. Who'd have thought it? I know, like, right? And some reason, Lacazette seems to be scoring loads and loads of goals in France. wonder why that is. I mean, we can't say that um, it's a shit league when we've just been singing Balogun's praises. That's the the only thing I will say. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I said I wanted him to get a loan in... um, in England somewhere, but everyone was like, they don't want it to learn in England. Nah, Germany. Go to Germany. Actually, no, not Germany. They're shit at defending Spain. He can enjoy himself. 
Just know it's not Ibiza because um, they're in the second division. So yeah, they're probably. Oh, yeah, not. Right, right, right. <laughs> right uh, in that case, I am going to uh, end this podcast. So everyone, thank you for uh, listening to this. Whatever platform you're listening on, uh, give us a thumbs up if you're listening on YouTube, please, uh, or a like if you're listening on any other platform. Uh, it helps us loads. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's appreciated. Um, next game is Liverpool at away, sorry. Um, so we'll either be celebrating or commiserating one of the two, either way. Uh, enjoy Easter's, everyone. Don't eat too many Easter eggs. Uh, Danny likes a hot cross bun, but he's not allowed to eat them. No. Um, and Deke is doing the, the, the show on Sunday on his own because he likes to do it. And if we're all finished, then shall I tell people where I've been? Go for it, Daniel. Sad times. Uh, on the 6th of March, my mum went to hospital, 909 to hospital with chest pains and couldn't breathe. They sent her home. And then she went again on the 8th for scans. They did the scans and sent her home. And it turns out she had a fluid around the heart and it killed her. So she died on the 9th of uh, March, which is a bit fucking shit. My, uh, one of the only, my favourite people in the world. And so, uh, yeah, we've got the funeral on Tuesday. So I won't be doing a pod for a few more days. That's why I won't be back. And I just thought it'd be nice to come back and do one. But there you go. I didn't want to mention it before the pod. And I haven't mentioned it anywhere else because I hate people going, uh, I've only really told my friends and family and Josh. So, <laughs> so my mum wouldn't want me to be sad because she was a gooner. And she's the reason why I support Arsenal. So uh, you can end the show, Carl. And I'll just share this little picture of uh, my two favourite people at Arsenal. Uh, everyone from MBW is obviously is very sad about um, Danny's mum. We used to see her in the background. So, yeah, we're all sad about that. Um, thanks, everyone. Take care. Uh, and up the gooners. <laughs>